entrepreneurs will save the world. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Add Value to Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. We focus on the mindset shifts entrepreneurs make to increase their influence and impact in the world. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by Perfect Publishing. Perfect Publishing is a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing is sharing a project of hope called The Dose of Hope. We carefully chose heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You will see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at addvalue2life.com slash dose. addvalue2life.com slash dose. Today's guest is Mary Gall. Mary is the owner of Success Magnified, a certified business coach, author, and speaker who helps business owners create profitable and fulfilling businesses built around systems and accountability so they can have time to enjoy life too. Using the power of collaboration and celebration to help entrepreneurs impact their bottom line, their families, and their communities. Mary facilitates conversations individually or in groups, asking questions, acting as a thought partner, and providing resources to help them gain clarity, find practical solutions, and new ideas for growth and success, all while having some fun. Mary Gall speaks about connection, collaboration, and contribution. She shares about the power of celebration in reprogramming the mind for success. Is your business birthday on your calendar? How are you celebrating it? One of the most powerful ways to find your niche or ideal client is to ask yourself, how do you feel energetically after you've spoken with someone? Well, Mary, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm just looking forward to a great conversation. Yes, yes, me too. So typically, I just let each guest share their own entrepreneurial journey and what's gotten them to where they are today. Yes, I love sharing my story and, and hearing other people's stories as well. So I uh, have 20 plus years in the corporate world in marketing, communications and operations. And then I ran a law firm for 10 years and did everything but practice law there. So really learned a lot about running a business, but never really thought about having my own. Um, and then after about 10 years in the law firm, I realized I, I had kind of grown to the capacity that I could do there. And I realized it was time for me to probably move on to something else. And I wasn't really sure I wanted to work for another company and had some, some close friends encourage me to start my own business. And I was like, what? what would I even do? I don't even know how to do that. Right. So, but I did some research, jumped in and uh, started my first company in 2013, which is a virtual assistant company. I still own and run that today. Uh, I have a team of people here in Colorado that help support our clients. But in the beginning, it was just me. And, you know, while I had helped the operations and the marketing and all of the other pieces for other people's businesses, when it's your own, it's a different story, right? <laughs> so um, I quickly got to capacity, which is a great problem to have, but still a problem because I was finding myself working way more hours than I did in my full-time job uh, without the benefits and you know, with multiple bosses and all of the stress involved and trying to get new clients, but knowing I couldn't really take on 
anybody else because I was at capacity. And so I knew I needed some help um, as an entrepreneur. And I reached out and found a business coach, took their courses, joined a peer advisory board. And it really did help shape, uh, you know, just having other entrepreneurs to talk to was so powerful and have a coach to guide me through where I was feeling stuck uh, was so powerful for me and helped me transform that business and the way I packaged my services, the way I priced my services and brought on my first contractors to help me so I could continue to take on clients and not work all the time. Um, and so the the people that were running the my business coach and, and the courses that I was taking, they ended up hiring me as a VA to kind of help set up the back end communications with their clients. Uh, set up their constant contact, their e newsletters, those kind of things. And so I got to see a little snippet of the back end of a coaching business. And so I was like, this is intriguing. I, you know, I, I feel like I show up as a coach and they encouraged me once they decided to license their materials. They encouraged me to get licensed to be a coach. And I did that in 2015. And I absolutely love being a business coach for entrepreneurs because I get to um be a part of their journey and help them along the way and be that guide for them as well. So doesn't mean I still don't have issues and I still need a coach to help me through uh, when I get stuck, right? We're all human beings trying to make things happen, but, but I love being that resource for other entrepreneurs as well. So that's kind of the short story of how I got to where I am today. Nice. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned um, collaboration almost in there that you, know, mm -hmm. you were, you'd hired them and you're helping them and then they essentially hire you and you're, and so there's a lot of opportunities for, for, for mutual support and, and yeah. mutual benefit um, when working with entrepreneurs. Yes. Yes. There's lots of my clients that I use their services and they, you know, are using me as a, as a coaching client as well. So I think it's, it does build that level of trust so that you can work together in different capacities with the people that you serve. So let's let's take that collaboration a step further and talk about the, the, the importance of connection and, and making connections in, in building your business. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that we're using these words, connect and collaborate. I, I wrote a book uh, in 2017 called Vitamin C3 for business, and it's connect, contribute, and celebrate your way to success. So these three words, connect, contribute, which is can be collaborate as well and celebrate are so important to me as as who I am and how I show up for my clients and for myself and just you know whether I'm in the grocery store or working with a client on a strategy session I try to remember these three things how can I connect how can I contribute and then how can I celebrate with them um, and collaboration is this works the same way I think right so it's it's a matter of really connecting to that person to see what they need and what you need and if there's a if there is a, some way to collaborate together to move things forward and then you know i'm all about celebrating at the end what what can we accomplish together and how can we celebrate that together that's uh, so important and so, so let's talk about the importance of celebration um especially when it comes to i think entrepreneurs you know pretty good at setting goals and yeah. and most of them become goal achievers to to be successful in their business um, but I don't know that that many of them become good celebrators. Yes, I know. 
That's it's the question that stumps people all the time when even at a networking event, if I'm just talking to somebody and they're telling me something great that's happened in their business and I'll say, so how are you celebrating that? And they're like, uh, <laughs> look at that deer in the headlights. They don't think about celebrating it. And so, you know, I encourage people to stop and really celebrate these moments and, you know, sometimes that celebration can be part of your motivation, right? The carrot and stick. So if, you're, if your carrot is the celebration at the end, that can be your motivating factor. If your accountability, if, you, if you're going to reward yourself with something, that's part of the celebration of getting the thing done. But even I think, you know, I encourage one of the, one of the tips in the book is to look up your business anniversary if you don't already have it documented. But what was the date you registered with the Secretary of State? Put that in your calendar and treat it like a birthday and treat it like your business birthday because it's so it's such a powerful thing to be in business for another year, right? We made it through another year in our business and you should really celebrate that. So I encourage people to go get a little cupcake, put a candle in it, you know, make a wish for the future, <laughs> but really take time to acknowledge that day because it's so powerful and there, the statistics are against us, right? That less than half of businesses make it to their five-year anniversary. And so if you've made it every year you make it, you're, you're, it's worth celebrating. And so I encourage you to do simple things like that to just build celebration into your business. Well, and, and what does celebration do for the mind and do for, for future you know, opportunities to, to step into something new? Right, right. Yeah. And if you're celebrating, you're in that winning mindset, right? Like things are going great. I'm acknowledging the good things that are happening in my business. And so it just puts you in that that state of abundance and more good things are coming, right? This great things are happening and more great things are coming my way. Mm, so good. Mm -hmm. All right. So you mentioned contribute and I'm a huge advocate for, for contribution, for giving as a part of the journey. So let's dig into, into contribution and, and the value of contribution in, in the process. Yes. Yes. I love that too. I feel like we all uh, as entrepreneurs and just as human beings, we have access to so much information all the time and we're constantly learning new things and new things. And so having a way to contribute that knowledge to share that knowledge with even with one other person is really powerful and they can be life-changing things, right? So if you've learned a new tool in your business or you've learned a new method of, of you know, pumping yourself up before you have a big client meeting, to, you know, they don't have to be tangible things you're learning, but mindset tricks, those kind of things, but finding a method to share those. So whether you have a podcast, whether you write a book, whether you just have a conversation with your somebody in your networking group, I encourage you to find a way to share those tools that we're all learning about every day. So maybe you found a new software and it saved you an hour of time each week. How are you sharing that with your colleagues, with your, with your people in your network that hey, you know, this is what I did. This is how it, how it worked. And it's had amazing results for me. So once you learn this knowledge, don't be a hoarder. I have a chapter on that in the book, you know, don't hoard your knowledge. It doesn't do you, it doesn't do you any good to learn something and then just keep it to yourself, right? The, the world benefits when we share that knowledge between each other. And so finding the, the way can sometimes be the difficult thing because 
we're taught, you know, not to brag or not to feel like we're, we're talking about ourselves too much. And so, you know, if you have a networking group, you know, do they have a once a month, you know, share your favorite tool or can you put it as a post on Facebook or LinkedIn and share your favorite tool or, you know, whatever tip you've learned, but there are ways, easy ways to get it out to the public. And so really sharing the knowledge that we're learning all the time. Um, one, it helps us reiterate that we have learned this knowledge because we are learning things so much each time, it, you know, all the time. Sometimes we just kind of take it for granted. Like, oh, I learned these five new things last month, or I implemented these two new tools in my business and you just, you just move on. Right. But taking time to acknowledge that, yes, I learned that and I've implemented it and it's made, it's had an effect on me or my business solidifies that in your mind, right. Gives you that, that you can celebrate that you did those things and then finding a way to share it with others. You know, once you can teach something to somebody, then you know, it, it makes you uh, more of an expert or, you know, it more deeply in, in your own uh, business. Well, and I think you mentioned, you know, not, not being prideful is holds people back. Um, right. I think the other thing that, that holds people back is this, this idea of, of intellectual property and that you've got to, you got to keep your best stuff, keep your, your secrets to yourself. And, right. and how, what are your thoughts on, on that idea? Um, there was a great, um, I can't remember. I think it was on a webinar or, or something um, on a video I was watching, but the guy was talking about, you know, what do you give away as your opt-in and can you give away all of your, you know, high quality stuff in your free, in your freebies. And um, he said, you know, you've probably been in business for multiple years and your whole lifetime of experience that you bring to your business, you're not going to be able to pack that into a 10 page PDF or into a one hour webinar. All of the knowledge and skills that you have are not going to be, you're not going to be able to give it away, you know, in a one hour thing or in a, in a PDF download or something. So give them good content, share your good stuff, because it just shows that you have more to give, right? There's there's no way you can pack up all of your years of knowledge and give it away in one thing, right? So so make that one thing that you are giving away really valuable to the person who needs it. And then they'll come for more. Absolutely. I, I just think the idea, you know, first there's really no new ideas under the sun, right? Each one right. of us are telling, we're telling the same stories and trying to teach the same concepts and and maybe we use a little bit of different language or, or, or our own twist on it because of our experience and our stories. But, but the truth is there, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. And they're not going to be able to take my stories and match them to the lessons I'm teaching. And so I want to give away my best stuff and, and help people in the best way because that's going to draw the right people to me, right? That's going to draw right. the people that like Robert and, and enjoy having a conversation with Robert. They enjoy listening to Robert and they're like, Hey, I identify with this guy. I could work with him versus, you know, putting somebody else's stuff out there. They're never going to be able to match, you know, right. my, my attitude, my conversation. And so, yeah, the idea of, of intellectual property and, and trademarking it and, and, um, copywriting it and saving it. You know, if they want to steal it, they're going to steal it and, and right, do whatever they right. do with it. But, <laughs> yes. but I don't know that they're ever going to hurt your business, you know, by doing that. Right. Right. I think if we all just show up authentically and bring all of our experience to what we do, 
then the people that are going to resonate with our message, like you were saying, the people that are going to hear your voice and your res relate to your stories and your method of teaching, they'll find you, right? And they'll, they're will they going to be the ones that you want to work with anyway. And the people that don't, you know, they can take your information and, and do what they will with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned showing up authentically. So let's talk about the value of, of character and, and, and be a, being your authentic self. Yeah. Um, I, I one of the courses that I teach is called Pinnacle Gift, and it really helps people identify their unique skills and talents, their natural abilities and their characteristics and how they show up in the world. And then we get a little we write a little Pinnacle Gift statement. Um, and I encourage them again, part of the celebration of getting through that day and doing all of that hard, deep work is to use that statement in how they show up and as a guide to check in with. So I encourage them to put it on their birth date on their calendar so that at least every month on that date, it pops up, you know, and they read their pinnacle gift statement. And so I have it on the ninth because my birthday's on the ninth. And so I, every day on the ninth, it pops up and it's in the calendar event. And so I, I read that and at least once a month. And it helps me to check in to be my authentic self because it's really easy to get bombarded with messages and, and uh, you know, guidance from all kinds of people and read the latest book and watch the podcast, you know, the videos and the, you know, take the courses and, and you can get kind of lost in all of that messaging. And so if you know, if you have spent some time, say, who am I and how do I show up in the world? and you're checking in with that at least once a month, it really does anchor you and help you to be, you know, show up as that person because it's easy to get off the path and, you know, kind of compare yourself to others and then, oh, they're doing this. I want to go do that too. And I, I find myself, you know, when I check in with that, sometimes I'll find myself, I have gone off the path, right? It's like, oh, I, I like what they're doing. I'm going to go over here and try and do this. And it's not really authentic to me. And so that can show up in many ways in your business, you know, whether you want to, for example, if you've got a curriculum or a course that you want to get out there to the, to the, you know, to your clients, do you want to have it recorded or do you want to do it as a live class, right? That's, there's both benefits to both things. And it's, it's a matter of how you want to interact with your clients, right? And, and the level of time you want to put in and, you know, there's pros and cons to both ways of doing it but one may resonate with you more than the other based on how you want to show up and what your natural skills and talents are, right? So, so just checking in with that, who am I and how am I showing up in my business? And not only my business, but in my life, right? Am I showing up as this person, as a mom, as a, as a volunteer, as a networking partner, you know, it shows up being authentic in all of those areas of your life, not just in your business. Mm, so important. Yeah. You can't you can't show up as one person at home and one person in your business and, right. and be true to who you are. Right. Yes. That, that that's a, a real test, I think, in, in a lot of cases. So you mentioned uh at least checking in on that monthly on, mm -hmm. on your birth date. And so what what other things or, or routines um do you find valuable in helping you in your in your yeah. journey? Yeah. I mean, I think having um, someone to check in with or a small group to check in with um, is very powerful. You know, I, I lead uh, peer advisory boards and, and 
having that safe space. Uh, I love networking and I love meeting new people and talking to new people, but having that safe space of a small group of people who know you and know your business and where you can go and have the conversations that you can't have at a networking group, right? Where you can come and say, I don't know how to scale, or I don't know what the next step is for me, or I've just lost a big client and I'm trying not to freak out about it, or I'm thinking of hiring my first team person, you know, on my team, who should that be and what should that look like? You can't really go to a networking event where you're trying to get business and show up that vulnerable all the time, right? So, so having that core group of people to talk to about your business and check in with your business and and, and your personal life too, um, is really powerful. And I think, you know, if you can find that group and then check in with them regularly is, is fantastic. The other piece is accountability. I'm big on accountability and it sometimes gets a bad rap, the, the word accountability. People think of it as a negative thing, but done correctly, it is so powerful. And if you have a single accountability partner, whether it's your business coach or whether it's just a, a buddy of yours, another entrepreneur, I, I would encourage it to be another entrepreneur because they know the struggles that you're going through, right? So if you try to pick your best friend as your accountability partner and they have a corporate job, it's not going to you know, work exactly the same. <laughs> They're not going to understand the problems that you're going through and vice versa. But but having those you know, written goals and breaking them down into, you know, weekly or daily tasks, and then having somebody else check in with you. If you're a solopreneur or a small business owner, it can seem kind of lonely. So again, that comes back to connect and contribute, right? How am I, how am I, the collaboration word as well. How am I finding people that I can talk to about my business and check in with my, with what's going on so that I'm not in this vacuum by myself and then drifting along between, you know, whatever else everybody's talking about. I'm a huge advocate of of safe spaces and mm -hmm. and of course uh, accountability um, happening is even in in a group right that yeah even the idea of you put it out there and said well I'm going to get this done this week and you've got to go back to that group next week and you realize um, I got to tell them I didn't do it right or am right. I just going to get it done and, and yeah. I think there's, there's huge power in in just telling somebody else. <laughs> what you're doing and and making a commitment to get it done mm -hmm. um, and i think you know a friend or or family member sometimes are too close and they'll be like oh it's okay and they let you yeah. off the hook versus be, you know having that person that's really going to say um so do you really want this or not right right yeah and and yeah. challenging challenging your excuses uh, yeah uh, can be yeah. so so valuable and and i think we, we all want that in our lives because mm -hmm. we we just need that little bit of extra motivation right to right to, to grow and and I like that you you talked about the safe space clearly networking groups are not a safe space you're not going to talk about right. your like you say you're not going to talk about your business problems in the same room where you're trying to get more business right right yes <laughs> I got I got I got I gotta have at least one room where I know what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so, so yeah, that's, that's, that's really important to have another group that, that is a safe space, right? A, we're mm -hmm. not going to go blabbing to, to anyone else in the world saying, Hey, you know, 
Mary mentioned that she's right. doing this or that. She doesn't have a clue how to do what she's doing, right? Right. No, you, right. You, need a, you need a safe space where it's like, man, you can you can pour out your heart and you just say, man, I had this sales call and I don't know what happened. It flipped upside down and next right. thing you know, I'm buying something from them. Or, <laughs> right. you know, and, and, and you need to be able to, to talk through, you know, those those experiences, right? Yeah. Share what's happened on a sales call. Share what's happened that's frustrating you. Share a client experience that you know, I'm, I've worked with hundreds of clients, but this one is driving me bonkers, right? Right, and, right. <laughs> yeah. How do I let go of this client? <laughs> yeah. Oh, nothing better than firing a bad client, though. Yes, yes. I mean, I wish I hadn't hired him, I, you know, contracted him in the first place, but. Right, right. And how do we, you know, that goes back to the knowledge that we're learning, right? We all have these experiences that we're having in our business. And when you have that small group, again, you can share that, you can share, hey, this is what happened. And this is what I'm learning from it. Do you guys have you had that experience? What did you guys learn from that, that experience when it happened to you? And so it's a place for us to share again, that knowledge that we're learning, because we're all having these experiences every day in our business. And so it's a way to capture it and learn from it and be able to hopefully not repeat the same mistakes again. Absolutely. So I think mm -hmm. one of the values in, in knowing who you serve, right, is figuring out your, your niche and, and, and really just narrowing that down. Um, yeah, because the ones you end up firing are the ones that are really outside of who you really want to work with. And, yes. And mm -hmm. you either figure that out intentionally or you figure it out the hard way. Yeah. So, so let's talk about helping somebody, you know, niche down to to who they really want to serve. Yeah, um, I think it is. It's worth it takes some time to figure it out. Right. And at the beginning, you need revenue. So you kind of just work with anybody who says yes you're like oh my gosh they said yes they're going to hire me i want you know fantastic and then you start to figure out okay uh, you know i really want to work with people who you know are action takers and these people are full of excuses why they can't take action right so so you start to figure out okay this these are not the people i enjoy working with you know i'm i'm really big on what is your energy after you've worked with somebody so if you're mm -hmm. if you're on a call with somebody or you're doing a session with somebody you know, uh, I have people sometimes take a week and go through their, put a little sticky note with an arrow with an up or a down, and then put it by their workstation and pay attention to after this sales call, was my energy up or was my energy down? After this client, you know, interface, was my energy up or was it down? If it's down, start to figure out why was it down? Is it because you know, you're tired or the client didn't do what they said they were going to do or the sales didn't go your way or, you know, did they need more information and you feel like they're just digging around? You know, it can really give you a lot of insight into what's going on in your business just by paying attention to your energy when you finish a call or finish a session with somebody. So is your energy up? Great. What's why was it up? Do you what what about that client made you excited to work with them and, and gave you energy when you're done with the with the call? You know, what about um, that sales call went so well that you're super excited to work with this person? And then you can start to to kind of categorize things. And so it does take some time. You have to kind of experiment. You know, it's great to say, I want to work with, you know, teachers, for example, but 
if teachers can't afford you or, you know, aren't able to make the, you know, you want to work from nine to three, well, that's when teachers are teaching, right? <laughs> so that's not going to be a good fit for you. So, so how, what do you like about teachers that you want to help? And are there other people that you can help or, you know, can you provide something at a different time? So, so it's a matter of really kind of when you very first start, you have to just take a stab at somebody, right? Like this is who I, I think I can help. This is the problem I solve. This is who has that problem. I'll help them. And then once you get in there and you start digging around in that population, then you can say, okay, within this population, I really want to work with, you know, teachers who are, you know, looking for mindfulness in their classrooms or are, you know, they've been in teaching for five years and they're burned out now and they really want, you know, they're thinking about leaving teaching. And so how can I help them? You know, I don't work with teachers particularly, but that's just the example I'm using. But, but the, you know, once you dig into that population, then you can start to really niche down and say, these are the kind of people, these are the problems I can solve. And these are the kind of people within this population or this niche that I really want to help. So does that, is that helpful? Absolutely. Well, yeah. and I think you mentioned a couple things in there that, that can be really important for entrepreneurs. And one was kind of that post-call evaluation. And and yeah. even if you're only asking one question, you know, how do, how do I feel energetically after that conversation, after that call, mm -hmm. um, that, that could be really powerful. And of course, I think evaluating, especially sales calls, Right. So many people you know, just go through the day and they don't stop and evaluate the sales call. They don't stop and evaluate um, the, the conversation with a client or and and I think the, that can be a really powerful space for growing yourself and improving your business you know, rapidly. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then once you ask yourself, you know, is is it up or is it down, then how do I get more of the up? And how do I get less of the down, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and you can start to figure that out. And Absolutely. you catch that a lot earlier. If, if somebody's like a down energy for you, you can catch that earlier in the cycle each time. So then you don't even, you know, have those sales calls. You don't even get to that place with them because, you know, it's not the person that you want to work with. Ooh, so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yes. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner. Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noelle L. Peterson. Available on Amazon. Or you can order a personalized signed copy at empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, to dream.com. That's empower, number two, dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So let, let's talk about mentors and, and their value in, in your growth, but then also in in recommending mentors or, or how an entrepreneur should add mentors into their life. Yes, yes. Um, I'm a big believer in mentors. And, you know, a mentor, you can have a, you can find mentorship in many different forms, right? It could be a book or it could be a podcast that you listen to, right? That you get great advice from. Um, ideally it's, it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship where you can, you can talk to somebody and ask them questions directly. Um, and sometimes I think people get scared off by that word, like, Oh, mentor, it has to be this big formalized pro, you know, uh, process, because I think in the corporate world, they have made it more of a, you know, there's a, there's a 
process to match you up with somebody and then you've got these deadlines to meet, you know, check milestones to meet. Um, I think as an entrepreneur, it's easier to find mentors um, and make it a little bit looser. But you want to make sure if you want to find a mentor, you know, looking for somebody who is a few steps ahead of you, at least, or maybe 10 steps ahead of you in business where you want to be. And it doesn't have to be in the same industry. It can be just be somebody who's very successful. And, you know, maybe it's a person and you know that they happen to have a, a family life and run a great business as well. And that's what you aspire to be. And so would they consider mentoring you? Um, when you go to ask somebody, if you say, hey, would you mentor me? It's it's a it's an overwhelming question for the person that's being asked. We don't want to say no. But at the same time, you know, putting some parameters around that. So I think you don't want to do it as a cold call. You want to definitely build a relationship with that person a little bit, you know, start following them on LinkedIn, comment on some of their things, you know, maybe offer to take them for a coffee and then, you know, say, Hey, I'm looking for a little bit more formal mentoring. You know, what would you be willing to do that? What would that look like for us? Could we meet once a month or once a quarter and just have a, a lunch together, right? Is it something as simple as that? Or are you looking for something that has more structure where you're going to have a meeting, you know, once a month or once a week, or is it just somebody you want to learn from, you know, by taking them to lunch once a, every six months? So there's lots of different ways to structure it, but that if you can find somebody that's willing to spend the time with you, again, to share their knowledge, to create that safe space where you can ask questions about, how did you go from this point to this point, right? How did you make that leap? What what lessons did you learn along the way that I could maybe learn from that I don't have to learn, I don't have to go through those same mistakes, right? So, so that's the power of being a mentor is that you get to help somebody along their path. And, you know, you don't have to have all the answers, but you can certainly give them advice and, and share your knowledge that you've learned. Again, don't hoard your knowledge. So being a mentor is a great way to share that knowledge with somebody else and help them along their journey. Um, let's see if I have anything else. I did a whole series of blogs about being a mentor and asking for a mentor. So I was like, what did I want to make sure I got around that? But but they are so powerful to have. And um, it, it does lead you to success quicker if you can find somebody to help you along that path. You mentioned a couple of good things in there. One is obviously the willingness to ask. Two is, are they, you know, have they written books and, and following them and, and learning from them in their book or their blog or their podcast first, yeah. right? The, the worst thing you can do is, is go to a mentor and ask them the obvious things, right? Ask right. them the things that they've already taught in a blog or they've taught in a podcast or they're teaching regularly. Um, they're going to say, you're not even paying attention to what I already have out there. Why would right. I want to, why would I want to sit down and, and work with you one-on-one -on -one and, and spend my time if you can't do the basics for yourself? Right. And so mm -hmm. I think it's really important to, to know what, what you need a mentor for, right? What, what are you asking them for? What is it that, that you specifically want? And then of course, recognizing boundaries and allowing them to, to put boundaries on the relationship and say, okay, you know, we're going to meet this time, but these are the things that, that we'll focus on. These are the thing, areas that, that we'll work in because boundaries um, can be very important and it helps the mentor, you know, I'm not going to help you with your entire life, 
right? Right. <laughs> I, I yeah. want to, you know, you need help in a specific area. Let's focus on that specific area and let's not waste each other's time, right? The mentors, mm -hmm. you know, especially as you get up into the higher level where, you know, multimillionaires' time is, is very valuable to them. Right. And, and they don't want to waste it. They, they're very good at not wasting it, in fact. And so they enjoy relationships. They, they love having, you know, being around other people and, and helping other people. But if you're going to waste their time, they definitely don't want to, you know, right. they don't yeah. want to do that. And so they want people that are serious and, and have a specific need that they know they can meet. And then they'll gladly, they'll gladly sit down and work with you and, and pass on some of that wisdom and help you, you know, take the next steps. And it might be one meeting. It might be a long-term relationship. You just never know what, how that can work out. And, but of course, you know, the first step is knowing what you want and being willing to ask Right, right. Yeah. So the other step we mentioned in there, you know, boundaries. So so let's talk about boundaries as, as a coach, as an entrepreneur. Um, well, I think boundaries in your relationships and, and boundaries in your business um, can be so valuable. Yes, yes, I agree. And they are um, harder for people to set than than we realize. Right. Especially as an entrepreneur, as you, when you're. I work primarily with solopreneurs, so we're the only ones in our business, right? So we feel like we have to say yes to everything um, and we're doing everything in the background. And so it's really hard to set some boundaries around that. Um, but it, it's such, it's a game changer if you do it, right? If you start to say, this is when I'm taking client calls, this is when I'm taking networking calls and putting the time boundaries around your week. Otherwise, you're just working all the time. It's very easy to work all the time, right? Especially in this digital age and now we're online and we can just work from anywhere all the time. We have our laptops with us all the time. And so really setting boundaries around your time is so important because we need that break away from our businesses to let our brains recharge and refresh. And if you've got a family, you also need that time. You know, they need that time with you. And so it's easy to feel stretched because there are a lot of demands on our time. And so one of the things I really make sure I do is put the, you know, I have a morning routine. I make sure I keep keep to that, you know, Monday through Friday so that I, I can be show up the best I can be. And if I don't put that boundary on my time, then it starts, it's really quick, it quickly erodes my week, right? So um, by Friday, I'm a, I'm a mess. I feel scattered. I feel, you know, out of sorts. I feel like I, what just happened? Where'd the week go? What did I accomplish? But by taking some time in the morning and putting that boundary around, here's how I, you know, I get my exercise. I have some meditation time, you know, making sure I get a good breakfast in. And then I'm at my desk by this time and I've set that boundary so that I don't take calls before this time. And then, you know, I can go through my day having just being a little bit more grounded. Um, again, that's a boundary and a, a time block that I set for myself. Um, but if I don't, it's quickly, it, the week quickly falls apart. <laughs> and so, And then evening boundaries too, right? So a lot of people will, you know, when my kids were little, I, or when they were home, they, you know, used to make sure we did dinner together and then got them to whatever activities. And then maybe I'd check email and start doing another couple hours of work at, in the evening. I don't do that anymore. 
I really, you know, once I shut down for the day, I shut down for the day and I'm in my personal mode, even though my kids are gone. So it's just me and my husband at home, but, but I still relish that personal time and that time away from work. Right. So um, setting those boundaries around your time is so important. And then boundaries around other people as well. Right. So we talked about the up energy and the, and the down energy people in your life. And so if you've got, if you've got a lot of down energy people in your life, when you spend time with them, they just, you just feel drained. How can you put boundaries around that too? Because our time is precious, as you just mentioned, right? Not only multimillionaires time is precious, our time is precious. And so, so why would you want to spend it around people that drain you of energy? Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes they might be people in your family or close friends. And so it's harder to set that boundary, but find a way to set some boundaries around your time so that you have more time around positive things that fill you up and less time around things that drain you. Oh, so good. Energy, energy is just as important as time. It and, is. Yes. And, and, and it's not just their, their energy. Typically if low energy people are low belief people, mm -hmm. and so they have less belief in your dreams and your ideas and, and they're just going to be Debbie downers about the things that you're doing. And, and right. all those negative questions. So why are you doing that? You know, well, that'll never work. And mm -hmm. you, you know, we, we got enough issues with the voice in our own head. We don't right. need outside voices, <laughs> you know, beating us up in, in that way. So share a little bit more about your morning routine and, and what are the things in your morning routine that are really important to you? Yeah. So I kind of rotate them through, but there, I, I found this book, um, I don't know, probably five years ago. And it's, it's called, no, I'm not going to be able to think about it, 30, 30 days to grace. Um, and it's really about setting an intention for 30 days. Um, and then you do this 30 minute practice in the morning. So um, I like it because it's a system and it's easy to use. It's written by, it was written by a nurse and she was also a yoga teacher and she found she wasn't because of her nursing schedule, she wasn't having enough time to do yoga. So she created this kind of practice. So it's, it's five minutes of deep breathing, five minutes or 15 minutes of yoga. So like a morning morning yoga routine, and then um, five minutes of meditation and five minutes of journaling. So you feel like all the things that we're taught, you know, we're told to set your day correctly, move, move your body, quiet your mind, write something down, take some deep breaths. You get all of that done in 30 minutes. And so um, there's the book and then there's a CD. And so I burn the CD and it's on my phone. So I can just play it on my phone, go through the 30 minutes and feel like, okay, I've, I've set myself up correctly. Mm -hmm. So on the odd months when I don't do that, because I kind of rotate through that every other month, then I do, you know, I make sure I get up, I have some quiet time, take some deep breaths, and then I do a workout. So exercise has been really important for me. Um, in the last, I kind of went off the rails for a while, <laughs> didn't do anything when COVID was first happening, right? And we're stuck at home. But, but in the past six months, I've picked up that you know, I've got to be moving my body to take care of my mind as well. So, um, but just having that quiet time, making sure I have a breakfast and, and I'm ready to go. And then when I get to my office, you know, refill my water, I have an oil diffuser. So I have some nice scents in the air and, you know, kind of getting my space set up for the day. And then, you know, then jumping in, turning on my computer and, and, and looking at my calendar, making sure I've got everything prepped for the day and ready to go. So that's kind of my morning routine. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing. 
And, yeah. and those are all valuable assets. And I think that the challenge for so many is if we don't prioritize ourselves, if we don't prioritize the things that are important, especially at the beginning of the day, mm -hmm. the day takes over, right? The minute you yeah. pick up the phone, the minute you open the email, the minute you check a text message, the day yeah. takes over and then the calendar's in charge. But you can have a set aside time where you're still in control. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And you have, don't have to surrender yourself to, you know, to that technology that that sucks us right. in and takes over the you know the rest of the day. So so yeah, valuable. and it doesn't have to be a two hour window, right? It can be a thirty minute thing where you can do all those things in thirty minutes and you still feel like okay, I I'm grounded. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to start my day. Absolutely. And I think longer than that overwhelms some people. They just, right. there's no way I could squeeze that in, in my calendar, right? I could squeeze that in my, and so, yeah, I think 30 minutes is, is a perfect, a perfect time window to get um, most of the things that are, that are really, that are really helpful, right? In the mm -hmm. areas of self-care and taking yeah. care of yourself. And so you mentioned exercise and, and of course um, that routine has some self-care elements, but how, how valuable is self-care and, and giving yourself permission, especially as a, as a woman, as a mom. And I think there's been a tendency for women to sacrifice themselves and, yeah. and put everybody else first. And, and so give, help, help me give them permission to take care of themselves. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you have permission. You have permission from both Robert and I take care of yourself. Right. Um, it is, it's so important to take that time for yourself. And, you know, there are still times I feel a little guilty sometimes doing it. Uh, I had a friend that was texting me on, on Sunday and they were like, oh, you know, I've been doing this and all the projects they were doing. I was like, I actually spent the afternoon on the couch. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like, sorry, but you know, I did. And it was, just, it was lovely. And to not have to give yourself permission, those chores are going to wait. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell this story. I lost a sister uh, about three years ago now. And I remember she died quite suddenly. And so I remember going to her house and walking in and um, her to-do list was on the counter, you know, with what she had to do that week. And it just really hit me that we're going to die with things on our to-do list and it's okay. We are never going to be done with our to-do list. And so what is the value? How can you enjoy your life knowing that your to-do list is there and it's going to be there the day that you die and, you know, get done what you can, but also put some fun things on your to-do list. Enjoy your life while you can. Um, you know, along that line, I, I created ways to find fun things in my business. So uh, this is the fifth year we're doing. I love being on the water and around the water. And so about five years ago, I started a paddle boarding or kayaking group called On the Water Networking. And so I invite entrepreneurs to come out with me a couple times a month during the summer. And we paddle around and then we group together and float around. We talk a little bit about our business and then we paddle around. But it's a great way to bring my love of water and being outdoor. I live in Colorado, right? It's a beautiful state. So why can't I get out and enjoy that during the week? And why do I have to cram everything in on the weekend? You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I can control my own schedule. I can give myself permission to go out and paddleboard on one, one or two mornings a month during the week and, and do my other favorite thing, which is talk to entrepreneurs, right? So 
entrepreneurs come out, we have a fun little conversations, and then we get to go back to work and spend the afternoon, you know, dealing with whatever's on our plate. But but taking that break during the week is so powerful. Mm. But I had to give myself permission to do that and to say, yeah, it's okay if I go paddleboarding on a Thursday afternoon or a Friday morning. <laughs> it's okay. And that feeds my soul and it makes me more energetic and, and, you know, a better, a better wife, a better mom, a better, you know, business coach as well. So I think it's so powerful to, to build that into your world. Huge advocate for play and fun. And so I love, yes. I love when entrepreneurs give themselves the freedom to play and, and to have fun. Um, yeah. It's just, our brain was designed to play and, and yeah. play, play is as important as, as, as the work elements and the study elements and the learning, you know, when you can combine learning and play, it it's so powerful. So yeah. that's a great idea. The paddle boarding and networking, what a, yeah. what a fantastic yeah. way to, to give yourself some fun and still tie it into, you know, the network of people that you love. And so yeah. that that's fantastic. And, and your sister's story is powerful, right? That's a powerful lesson to just to remind you, like we're all going to die with stuff on our to-do list. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then, so I, I think there's two lessons in that is a is, is what you're doing really matter, right? Because so much right. of our to-do list can be stuff that it just doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Right. And the more you're intentional in your life, the more you're focused on what is it you really want and, is what you're doing on your to-do list going to get you what you really want? Because, right. because it's time to take control and do the things that you want to do. And, and you mentioned one of my favorite questions is, you know, teach designing your life around designing your business around your life. But then that, you have to be intentional about what is it that you want in your life. Right. And right. so choosing to, to design your life and then building your business around that design you know, and, and I think so many people get caught up in the bigger and better and the bigger and better and the bigger and better. And, 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 and ooh, we just want more and more and more. Right. But wait, do you really, right. Is that really what you want? Or are you designing what you really want? Do you know yeah. what you really want? And let's sit down. And, and so you talked about at the beginning, helping people come up with that, that purpose, right. The, the gifts, the, the pinnacle gifts that are inside of them. And, and, and I love the purpose side, but at the same yeah. time, I love, what is it that you want to do, right? Do you want a right. business that you have to work five days a week? Or I work four days a week in my business because I spend one day a week with my dad. And and no. that's a choice. I design my business around spending time with my dad. I, I know that his days are, he has less days ahead of him than behind him. Yes. <laughs> there's, no, yes. there's no doubt about it. I can't, you know, even if he's a miraculous long-term survivor, he still has less days ahead of him than, than behind right. him. And so right. I want to spend, I want to spend as much time with him as I can. And, and so I give up one work day a week and I build my business differently, slower, maybe yeah. um, because, because that's more important than growing my business ever will be. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you can design a business, right? Maybe you want a business where you can travel and work from anywhere. Right. So then you mm -hmm. can create an online business that's, that's not tied to a location, but it's just tied to having internet. Right. And you make sure you right. have internet wherever you go. And, and those are choices that you get to make, but you've got to know what you want and, you, and you've got to write it down and you've got to choose. And then you've got to say, all right, what does it look like to design my business? So many people get caught up. And at that point, and you mentioned it earlier on, 
at that point where you're hiring VAs and you're outsourcing and you're doing all of these things. And then all of a sudden your, your, your calendar's full, their calendars are full. And now you got a staff of five and you're like, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> now I'm responsible for paying five salaries and I'm, I'm, I can't right. go on vacation anymore. And oh, what have I done? Right. Instead right. of, right. instead of being intentional. Now it's great to build that if that's what you want. Right. Yeah. But if you don't want that, don't build it. <laughs> and right. so exactly. make sure you know what you want and, and design the business around the lifestyle that, that you want, because that's the greatest freedom in this country. That's the American dream is yes. to build something that you want and, and have your business support your lifestyle instead of the other way around where you're, where you yeah. are waiting for the weekend. Cause man, I just need a day off. <laughs> then you've just made yourself a job and you might as well go back to corporate. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Get your two weeks of vacation and, and make it happen. It's so funny you mentioned that, Robert, because a, a call I had just yesterday with a client was the same thing. He's building this this uh, mastermind group. And I said, so you're going to do that online, right? Because I know it, it. when we first met, he said he wants to be able to travel. He wants to build a business where he can travel and work with clients and still have revenue coming in wherever he is in the world. And he's like, no, we're going to do it live. And I'm like, well, that." if you're doing it live, then you're tied here, right? You have to be here to lead that group, which is, which is fine if that's what you have changed your mind to, or you've got it worked out on your calendar. But if you want to be able to travel for six months at a time, you're not going to be able to lead this group, you know? So, so maybe you should start it on zoom instead of starting it as a live. He's like, well, maybe I'll, if I travel, I'll just move it to zoom. I was like, oh, you know, let's take a step back. And it's so easy because you, you just get stuck. You get, you know, moving that forward momentum, I got to have this group going and they want to do it live. So I'm going to do it live versus, you know, I want to do it online. So I have the ability to travel. And so it's like, let's check back in with what you said you wanted. If that's still what you want, then we need to tweak this other piece. Right. And so again, that's the power of having a coach like, like yourself <laughs> or like me, somebody to talk to about your business and, and knowing what you said you wanted and then what you're trying to build and how, how those things can, can split quick, pretty quickly. And then they need somebody else to kind of say, okay, now wait, you said this was important. Is it still important? Then let's, we need to tweak something else. Well, thanks to COVID, there's so many options and, right, and hybrid, right. hybrid meetings are, are pretty normal now. And so there's so many ways that you can create something um, yeah. that'll, that'll do what you want to do. In fact, so much more now than, than ever before, I think, in right. that space, especially. All right. So you mentioned your husband. We're going to switch things up. What was your most memorable date? Um, we, when we very first started dating, we went to see at the old Elitches before it was downtown, when it was still out in Lakewood, we went to see um, Ray Charles in concert. And we ended up getting there and, and our seat was kind of behind a column. And so we said, you know, is there any, we can't really see the stage. There's a column in front of us. And, and so they moved us up to one of the box seats in this old theater. It was just such a fun, a fun date. And we got, you know, ended up getting great seats and we've had, we've been together 32 years. So we've had lots of great dates. <laughs> now we're empty nesters. So we get to have dates all the time again, but that's one that really still sticks out in my mind about 30 years ago, 31 years ago now. Love that. So what do you love to do in your free time? Um, like paddle boarding. In the summer, it's on the water. I like being around the water. Um, in the in the winter months, you know, I love to cook. 
both of my girls love to cook. And so I like to, to try new things. And um, I have a book club that's in our neighborhood. So we read and I like reading books and, and that kind of thing. And, and yeah, that's about it. I don't have any big, don't play an instrument or anything anymore. I did that when I was young. But I don't do that anymore. So what, what's been the impact of being an author? Um, the first book I wrote was kind of just to see if I could do it. Right. It was kind of, I mentioned it to my husband and he was like, kind of, he didn't say no, but he almost rolled his eyes. Like, and I said, I'm going to write a book. And he's like, yeah, right. Whatever. And so I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. I can write a book. So I wrote my first book and, you know, did it all myself. And that felt good because I could organize my thoughts and share my knowledge and get that out there. And the second book, you know, came out of, it's interesting because it came out of me allowing myself to have creative time just to be creative and that writing time. And then I kept seeing this theme that kept coming up in my creative writing time. And, um, and then I, you know, the book kind of was formed out of that time, but again, giving myself permission to do it and then setting a deadline and knowing that I can meet that deadline. So I, and I both for both books, I started with the party. I planned the book launch party first, and then I worked backwards from the party because wow. I, the celebration, it motivated me, right? So it's like, I have to have the book at the party. Here's the date for the party. So when do I have to hit all these other deadlines to get it done so that I can have the book at the party? For both ones, I picked it up the day of the party. So it's right on time, <laughs> but, but they got there and they were done, you know? So again, what motivates me is celebration. So how can I celebrate with people? That right, I so love? how many people did you tell about the party before Quite a few, you know, okay. and I, once I said I'm writing a book, I was like, okay, here, and both of them were pretty short turnarounds within three months. So it's like, uh, here's my, my outline. Luckily for both of them, you know, kind of got that download at night, wake up in the middle of the night, here's the chapters, here's kind of what each one would be about. And then it's just a matter of writing the content, right? So, um, and they're tips books, so they're not, I'm not writing a novel with characters and the plot development, but um, yeah, I think the biggest lesson I've learned from it is that I can do it. I have knowledge to share with people and, you know, it's, it's a great way for me to share that knowledge and a fun way for me to, to put a celebration on my calendar. Ah, love it. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. So you mentioned the, the creative time. So let, let's talk mm -hmm. a little bit more about the value of tapping into your creativity, allowing yourself to, to be creative, the power yeah. for your mind and then what that's done, you know, for your business. Yes. It was so hard for me, Robert. I, I met with a partner again, the accountability and having somebody else I was accountable to made that happen because I, I was working with another person. He, he's very creative very artistic and he was writing a novel and so he's like you know i would love to just have somebody to have some creative writing time with each week so for a year we met every monday for an hour at a coffee shop and we would we had created these little like topic slips and put them in an envelope and so we would grab one of the slips out we'd read through it what does this mean to you what does it mean to you we'd set a timer we'd do a 20 minute 25 minute writing sprint and just write away based on the topic and then we would read stop and read it back to each other and kind of give feedback oh you know i love the way you set the scene he this is where i learned i can only do nonfiction topic books because every time i tried to write a, a scene where characters were interacting with each other 
one of them would turn into a monologue and just spewing information. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't write in scenes. I write in, you know, tips, right? So, so it was great permission. But, but I remember driving there multiple Mondays, thinking ah, it's Monday morning. I got so much to do. I got a full day, full week. Why am I taking this hour? to go and write these nonsensical topics that aren't for a purpose, right? I wasn't turning them into a blog. I wasn't turning them into a, you know, a, something for my business. They were totally just creative topics. And I would just have to talk myself out of it. No, you made the commitment. You're doing this. It's good for you to go and be creative. And I always left there feeling so energized about, wow, where did that thought come from? Or, you know, I started to see these words and everything that I was writing was, was connect, contribute and celebrate. They would, those words would just show up in whatever the topic was. And I was like, there's something there. What do those three words keep showing up? And, and then the idea for the book came and how can I turn that into business tips? And, and so allowing myself that space, I probably never would have come up with this book. Right. So um, but allowing myself, <clears throat> knowing that I was writing, right? So I'm already a writer in my mind. I'm a writer because I'm writing every week. You know, that helps solidify that that as well. And then having having that time just allows you to branch off and see what can show up, right? Mm. Be open to what shows up. Even though some, some mornings it was a struggle for sure because, um, you know, you... Or wanting to jump into your day and, and allowing yourself carving out that time each week was just like sometimes I felt like it was a waste of time to be honest but it you know it turned into a book and it turned into several other topics that I've used in my business and so um, it was really powerful but I had to make that commitment and account had I not had an accountability partner to do that I probably wouldn't have stuck with it as long as I did either so lessons what? learned there. Love the identity shift that happens through repetition, right? Yes. You're, yeah. You've programmed yourself because of repetition. Oh, I'm a writer. Yeah. I can write. Mm -hmm. And rather yeah. than being, um, I, I don't know how to write. I'm not a writer, but I'm trying to write, right? right? Because right. everybody that wants to write. But the truth is, to become a writer, you just have to write. Right. <laughs> and then your brain realizes, hey, you're a writer. And then yeah. you get to decide, am I a good writer or not? And you got to tell yourself that as well. But right, but right. That identity shift really just happens through repetition of action. Mm -hmm. So powerful. Yeah. Yes. All right. Here's the big one, Mary. Okay. What's your, what's your big dream? Oh, my big dream. I have this recurring dream that I'm speaking on stage at the Pepsi Center. And it's a packed house. And I'm really just having the time of my life uh, speaking. I don't yet know what my topic is that I'm speaking about, but I have that recurring scene in my head. And so um, sometimes Oprah is there, like we're doing an interview style at the Pepsi Center. Sometimes she's not, and it's just me on stage. So uh, I'm open. I'm staying open to whatever that message is that I need to share with that Pepsi Center. Now it's Ball Arena, right? Um, full of people. But that's, you know, that's ultimately what I would love to be able to do is just help people improve their lives by sharing my story, my bit of knowledge, you know, whatever I can contributing to them in whatever way possible and, and then helping them celebrate that success as well. Love that. All right. Just spend an hour having coffee with one of those entrepreneurs on the paddleboard and you're going to leave them with Mary's words of wisdom. What would you share? Yeah. Yes. Um, really it is. Find a way to connect, contribute and celebrate. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. 
the bigs and the littles. Love it. Mary, thank you so much for taking the time today. I appreciate you and what a great conversation. And I know that it added a great deal of value to, to me and to everyone listening. Great. Thank you. And thanks for having this podcast and, and getting these messages out uh, to the people that need to hear these messages because it's, it's a great platform. And I appreciate the people that put the work in to make them happen. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Joe Perone shares his journey from shop mechanic to shop owner to business development coach. Joe values hard work, but working smart with your money and your time. He spent too many years in business believing that self-care was selfish and he was supposed to do everything to make the business work. Growth comes when you let go and start taking care of yourself and designing the business around the life that you want.